the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. The question we want to answer today is what happens when you die? What happens the moment of your death? What is this thing called afterlife and what should you and I expect when it comes to breathing that last breath of life here and what do we anticipate for eternity? And understanding this whole issue of heaven and hell and eternity is extremely important. The great writer C.S. Lewis and lay theologian he was, he was a tremendous writer and thinker, he made this observation. He said, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in, aim at earth and you get neither. How true that is, that when we aim at heaven, there's a benefit to us experiencing life here on earth in greater measure. So we want to understand how to live now with a heavenly focus so we're prepared for that moment when we pass from this life to the next life. For some of you, you might say, well, what a morbid topic. Pastor, why are you talking about what happens when you die? Here's the reason. You're going to die. Every one of us at some point in time will breathe our last breath. You do not know when that's going to be, as I've mentioned many times. We do funerals here all the time, and uh, we do funerals for very young people and do funerals for very old people, and for every age in between, you never know when your last day is going to be. So it's extremely important that you are prepared for that day whenever it comes calling to you. I want to give you a little diagram on the screen today that I want to explain for a moment because this is going to give you an overview uh, for what I'll talk about today and actually what I'll be talking about for the next several weeks together. So just keep this diagram up for me just for a few moments. There's a moment in time when you're born. It's called your birthday. Everybody has a birthday. You have a day that you celebrate the fact that you came into this world. Your life didn't begin at your birthday. Your life began at conception, that in your mother's womb, when that moment, there was that moment when God brought life to you and you started growing in your mother's womb. I believe that life is in the womb. I believe that life begins at conception. I believe that the Bible teaches that. In fact, the Bible says, while we're in our mother's womb, God knows us. So there was a moment you were conceived and you had life given to you by God and you were born into this world and you live for a period of time. There's a little dash that happens there and that is your life. You go to a graveside, you go to a cemetery, you'll see a gravestone and it has birth date and death date and a little dash in between. That is your life. And at some point in time, as I mentioned, you're going to die. When you die, there are two intermediate 
aspects or places the Bible refers to, and I'm going to explain that intermediate in a moment so you understand it. One is heaven, or as I'm going to refer to it today, actually probably should have had it on this screen, and that's the word paradise, so we'll use that in the same manner today. And there's also a place called Hades, an intermediate place waiting for the day of final judgment, because the day of final judgment hasn't come yet. There'll be a time that will precede the day of final judgment. It's called the second coming of Jesus Christ. So Christ will come back again and set in motion the end of the world as we know it. And there will be a final judgment. And at that point in time, there will be the assignment of eternity in heaven with God. Or actually, as the scripture teaches, and I will explain to you in the next several weeks, it's not just heaven, but there's a new heaven and a new earth. And so heaven and earth are formed together in an amazing, incredible way. And then, of course, eternal hell, eternally separated from God. So there's the picture, if you will, of what happens after you die. The moment that you die, what happens in your life? What can you anticipate? Here's our first point. The first point is this. Death, according to Scripture, is the separation of the spirit and soul from your body. The moment that you die, there is a separation that occurs. See, your life is far more than your body. Your body is simply temporary. And what makes you human, what makes you a human being is not just your body. It's the fact that you have a spirit and a soul created in the very image of God. The Bible says that we are created. We'll read it in a moment in God's image. Just like God, if you will, in the sense of the image of God, the nature of God. And God is a tripartite being, triune. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. In a similar way, we are tripart beings. We are are spirit, soul, and body. And so your body is the temporal part, is the tent that you live in or that houses you as a spirit and a soul. At the time of death, as soon as you breathe your last breath, there is a separation moment where your spirit and soul will separate from your body. Notice Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created mankind in his own image. Notice that in his own image, in the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Genesis 2, 7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils. Who is breathing into man's nostrils? God is breathing into man's nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being, or as some translations render that, he became a living soul. And so this whole idea when God made mankind, he himself breathed into mankind, and that mankind was animated with the spirit or the breath of God and came alive as a living soul, as a living being. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 6 and 7. We read it last week. I want to bring it back to your attention again this weekend. Yes, remember your creator. Your what? Creator. 
the one that created you, now while you're young, that is, get to know him as early as you can in life. You're never too young to get to know God, amen? That's why we have a great children's ministry here at Church of the Redeemer. I think we ought to celebrate all those who take care of our kids and teach them the ways of God. Aren't you thankful for the fact that while we're in here learning, they're learning the things of God as well as a young person. Remember your creator now while you're young, before, before the silver cord of life snaps and the golden bowl is broken. Don't wait. That is, don't wait to get to know God until the water jar is smashed at the spring and the pulley is broken at the well. He's using analogies or metaphors to describe don't wait until you die to try to get to know God. And then he says, for for then the dust will return to the earth and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Notice in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, the words of Jesus. We're talking about the fact that you're more than a body, that you're a spirit and soul. And at the moment of death, your spirit and soul separate from your body. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 28, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Notice the distinction between body and soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. We are uniquely created by God as eternal beings. You're not a temporal being. You are an eternal being with a spirit and with a soul. Sadly, in our world today, a lot of people live is, uh, with, the, with the mindset, the priority system, the value system as though only their bodies matter. Some people, in essence, by and large, worship their bodies. Now, I do believe that you should take good care of your body. The Bible says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we may take a series after Easter. I'm thinking about it right now, and a whole series on wisdom. And wisdom is part of taking care of your body. You should do that. But you shouldn't worship your body. Your your body is not meant to be worshipped. Your body is a tent. It is a house. You don't worship your house. You live in your house. Now, you ought to take care of your house. You ought to keep it maintained, but you don't go home and bow down to your house. Oh, mighty, glorious house and worship your house. No, you don't do that. Neither should you worship your body. Your body is a container, if you will, for your spirit and for your soul. Jesus said in Mark chapter 8, verse 36, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul. So death is a separation moment. It is not the end. It is a separation moment. It is not the end. Number two, at death, again, there's a separation of the spirit and soul from the body, but at death, we actually move to a new place. Just like your body, your physical body was made for earth. Your, your body couldn't survive in heaven. That's why you're going to need a new body uh, eventually because you need a heavenly body to be sustained in, in, hev- in a heavenly realm. So your body was not made for heaven. Your body was not made for eternity. Your body was made for earth. And just as your body was made for earth, your eternal spirit and your eternal soul are made for an eternal destiny and for an eternal destiny. Destination. They, they are designed to go to a new place. And while we're waiting for the return of Jesus Christ, 
He will come back one day. And as a part of this message, I'm going to talk about the second coming of Jesus. That's a few messages away. But we'll talk about the second coming of Jesus. I'll try to give you my best understanding of the second coming of Christ. Uh, no one knows for sure how it will exactly happen. But until the second coming of Jesus, while we're waiting for him to come back again and for us to experience the final judgment, that final judgment day, When you die, there are two intermediate places for your spirit and soul. Two intermediate places for the spirit and souls of the dead. So when you die, you don't cease to exist. When you die, you go to a new place. And Jesus spoke of both of these places. He talked to us about an intermediate place called paradise. And he talked to us about an intermediate place called paradise. Hades. Let's talk about paradise for a moment. Because paradise is the intermediate heaven, if you will, before the final judgment for those who are followers in Jesus Christ. Those who have a relationship with Him, have a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Notice in Luke chapter 23, verses 41 through 43, you'll know this story well. It's the time that Jesus is hanging on the cross. He's right at that center cross. And do you remember that there were two men that were also crucified with him, right? And what were they? They were criminals. Anyone remember that story, right? And so there are two criminals crucified with Jesus. One of the criminals is arrogant. He's making all these kind of comments. Jesus, if you're really the son of God, why don't you save us? Come down from the cross. And he's very arrogant, no repentance in his heart. The other thief or the other criminal has an attitude of repentance. And I want you to notice the conversation between the repentant criminal on the cross to the unrepentant criminal on the cross. And notice what Jesus says to the unrepentant criminal on the, excuse me, the repentant criminal on the cross. Luke chapter 23, verse 41. Have I completely confused you so far? Are you with me right now? Shake your head. If not, if you shake it this way, I'm going to go back over everything, okay? Here's the story. Here's the criminal, the repentant criminal. He says to the other criminal who is unrepentant, we are punished justly For we are getting what our deeds deserved. But this man, speaking of Jesus, has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. What's the request? He's expressing faith. He's saying, I believe that you are the Messiah. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that you have a kingdom that exists beyond this moment. And I want to be in your kingdom. And I'm crying out to you desperately in this moment. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now, Jesus could have easily said, sorry, buddy, you waited way too long. You're at the last moment. Can't do anything for you. But notice what Jesus said. You know it well. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. What an amazing story. Here's this thief on the cross and in response to his faith, in response to his, his request, he's crying out to God. He's calling on the name of the Lord. And the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. That is in the presence of God for eternity in this intermediate place called paradise. But Jesus also speaks of another intermediate place that's called 
Hades. And this place called Hades, waiting for the final judgment after Jesus comes back again, is a place that is designed for unbelievers, for people who pushed God out of their life. They've rejected God and pushed him out of their life and said, we don't want God in our lives and we don't want to accept Jesus as Savior and Lord of our life. We want to live life for ourselves." And there's a place, an eternal place reserved for people like that as well who make that choice. Luke chapter 16, beginning in verse 19, a lengthy passage, but it's worth us reading today to understand this. There was a rich man. These are the words of Jesus giving us a story. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. So here's the story. It's the story of a man by the name of rich man. By the, we don't have his name. And a beggar by the name of Lazarus. Two individuals. Notice verse 22. The time came when the beggar died. So this is the moment of death. What happens at death? Your spirit and soul, they're separated from your your body, okay? So it says that the time came when the beggar died, and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. Anybody believe the Bible is true? Jesus wouldn't have told us this story if it were not true. So when he died, the Bible says in his moment of death, he left his body on earth to decay, but his spirit and soul went to Abraham's side. One translation says Abraham's bosom. We know that place to be paradise. Very same place, okay? Notice what happens there. The rich man also died and was buried. So now This man who was dependent upon God his entire life died, and the man who rejected God his entire life and lived a materialistic life, he died as well. One now, the first man who depended upon God out of his poverty, where is he now? He is in paradise. And then notice verse 23, in Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So we've got one in paradise and another where? In Hades, right there in the Bible. One in paradise, one in Hades. And notice what happens. He sees Abraham And he sees Lazarus by his side. The man in Hades does. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm in agony in this fire. So there's something related to torment in Hades. But notice the response. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. So here Abraham is explaining to him, which by the way means that Abraham is living in paradise right now. Come to that in a few moments. I'm looking forward to having a conversation with Abraham. How about you? Okay. 
So there he is. And so he says, hey, you don't understand things. But you want me to come and you want me to dip a little water and quench the thirst that you have. But there's a chasm between the two. You can't cross from one to the other. The eternal destiny has already been set. You can't cross over to us and we can't cross over to you. Boundaries have been set by God. So obviously he makes another plea here. The rich man does. He answered, then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family. For I have five brothers. Let, let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said. But if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets. They will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. There's a lot there in that story, but the essence that I wanted you to see. And there's a lot of things we could talk about there. and encourage you to go back and maybe think on it, pray on it, think about it for your own life, how it applies to your life. But here's what I want you to see. Every person, listen closely, every person after death will find themselves in one of these places. Every person after death, you will find yourself in one of these places. I don't want you to be surprised one day. I didn't know that this existed. I want to be faithful to you as a pastor, as a teacher of God's word, and to remind you that when you die, you're going to find yourself either in paradise or in Hades. If you die before Jesus' return and the final judgment, that's what the scripture teaches us. Here's our third point today. We decide in this life where we'll spend the next life. At the, listen closely. This is so important today. At the time of death, the moment of choosing your eternal destiny has expired. At the moment of death, as soon as you breathe your last breath, the moment the opportunity for deciding where you're going to spend eternity has passed. You don't get the option of deciding after you die where you want to go and spend eternity, according to Scripture. The Bible is clear that eternal decisions are made not in the next life, but eternal decisions are made in this life. And the single most important decision, I'll come back to this in a moment, that you will ever make in your life, the most important decision you will ever make in your life is where you're going to spend eternity. And you have to make that decision in this life you can't wait till the next life. And I would highly suggest that you don't wait till the last minute to do it because you don't know when that last minute is going to be in your life. Yes, there's the story of the thief on the cross. Thank God that he can hear a sinner's cry on their deathbed. I've known many people who are right at the point of death. I've led people to Christ at the point of death in their life before. And certainly Jesus hears those cries, but don't push it like that. Don't push it like that. Don't say, hey, I'm just going to wait. I'll live my life, and just at the last moment, I'll turn my life over to God. You don't know that your life can be snuffed out without any opportunity to make that final cry to God. Hebrews 9, 27 says, every human being is appointed to die once and then. Notice that word, then, and then to face God's judgment. 
2 Corinthians chapter 6, 1 and 2. As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. For God says, at just the right time, I heard you on the day of salvation. I helped you. Indeed, the right time is tomorrow. No, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. If you're in this worship center today or watching online, you're not here by accident. If you've never opened your heart to Jesus Christ, there's a message coming to you today from Almighty God. And that message to you today is today is your day of salvation. God loves you. He cares for you. He has a plan for your life and a plan for your eternity. But today is the day to make that decision. It's not tomorrow. It's not, hey, I'll live my life and I'll hope that at the end I'll have a chance to get things right with God. No, no, no. Don't live like that. The most important, serious decision you'll ever make is the decision of what will happen in your eternity. Make the right one. Make the right one. You don't get a do-over after you die. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.